Yeah, we don't have a title for this episode yet, but right now let's call it Beatles Song Titles That Aren't. Three, two, one. Untitled Beatles Podcast. Oh, and Teach, I'm sorry. It's summer and I don't have AC in the room I'm in and I need to shut the window for optimum noise reduction. Excuse me. Tony shut in a window. I heard a bird earlier. The birds and the tweeting and the noise and the birds and the... What is that tweeting bird out there? Oh, I accidentally knocked over my Beatles Hard Day's Night milk truck or whatever this is. (laughs) Good luck eBaying that in mint condition now. (laughs) (laughs) Why is is it a Hard Day's Night Dairy Delivery? I, I, I think I know why. Because of the milk scene in the opening credits. Oh, I was thinking because I'll love you till the cows come home. <laughs> I think you know what the beautiful thing is. We're both right. We're both right. <laughs> Welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. Thank you so much, TJ, for the musical accompaniment on that window closing. I'm Tony. And I'm TJ. And that'll make great sense if we don't keep it. <laughs> oh, no, we got to keep oh, that now. Right. Sorry, <laughs> Casey. Shit. Executive decision from the... Re- you know, should we do this on air after Beetlefest? Do we can Casey's ass? <laughs> Start saving no. some fucking money around here? <laughs> I'm not, yes. For once, I'm not kidding. Bottom line, Beatles, Calderstone, let's do it. TJ wants to get in bed with the major leagues, guys. We want to be the Mike Love of Beatles podcasting. It's summertime, Tony. Tony's cracked open a beer. I've cracked open a beer. We did it before the show began because we've been getting some complaints about Mm. too much ASMR. Tony, what are you drinking? (laughs) I'm drinking a Zwickle. It's a Bavarian-style lager. And what what about you, TJ? Tony, ask me, what'll you have? Oh, what'll you have? Down-home flavor. What'll you have? Down-home flavor. What'll you have? Country flavor. I'm not drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. I'm drinking a New Glarus, uh, um, a New Glarus Spotted Cow. Oh, are, yeah. You can't get those in Chicago. No, they are illegal to drink in the state of Illinois. Uh, so illegal this is come get me. <laughs> there was some bar that would get kegs and bring them over, and they did get busted for. Uh, it was like a it was like a speakeasy thing or something where it was an unnamed tap, and they they were doing Spotted Cow. I want to say this is somewhere in Logan Square. My buddy was telling me about it. That's why I don't like Tony Evers. I'm a sad man. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do with Tim Anderson at this point? I've decided to make him a White Sox fan. I'm not sure why. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! The White Sox have been the trodden, downtrodden team, and that's who fans seem to go for. Today we're, we've got an interesting topic, uh, Beatles song titles that aren't Beatles songs. Something we kind of stumbled upon organically, and we'll uh, we'll share some of those. And uh, Tony, this was an idea you came up with that is amazing, because there are so many songs. I'm sure our listeners know a ton. And there's a lot that we did not get to. We kind of compiled oh, yeah. some of our favorites and our most notables, but 
so many songs that came after, a few that came before, but songs that came after the Beatles with Beatles song titles that don't even sound inspired by the Beatles. They're not like homages. They're totally different songs in many respects. So it's a really fun idea. Yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, we have to do the housekeeping, TJ, so... Tony, we do have housekeeping, and you're the keep of the house, or as Linda might say, Tony, you're the cook of the house. Thank you. Thank you. Find some time during the summer, or maybe you're just lazing about in a hammock. Find some time maybe to, if you're on your phone and scrolling, write a little review on the old wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a nice review. We like that. It yes, helps. please. <laughs> it does help. And again, we are going to be at this year's Fest for Beatles fans in Chicago. It runs August 11th through August 13th at the Hyatt Regency by the airport, Rosemont, Chicagoland area. I fly out of Midway. What happened <laughs> to Midway Airlines? My won't take my gift coupon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> bring your grievances, bring them there to the Hyatt. We will be there. Casey Baker's flying out. You believe it? From yeah. Hollywood, California. So California. From Hollywood. Details are being worked out. I don't know if we're going to be doing something there Saturday or Sunday, but we will be there. And uh, yes, the idea is to record a podcast there. Whatever form that shakes and takes. <laughs> Speaking of shake made a milk reference to Hard Day's Night from your Hard Day's Night milk truck. Thank you. And that's a good time to mention Norman Shake. Morning, lads. Hello, Shake. Hello, Shake. Hello, Shake. Hello, Shake. TJ, it's that time of the month. Oh, oh, oh. Really, Tony? <laughs> Doing. Reproduction. Reproduction. <laughs> no, it's that time of the month to shout out our Patreon Star Club members. If you join uh, our Star Club uh, each month we give you a shout out. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. You give me the names and I'll say one word associations with each. Not music. One word. <laughs> let's First do thing it. I, I think of. Long live George Harrison. Long. Glenn K from IOA. Glenn. Matt Kuharski. Glenn. Fetal Dave. Matt. Susan from Baltimore. KC. Bert Chide. Other name. Joanne S. Fabrics. David S. from Chicago. Chicago with an S. Max Como. Hammer. Matt Meyer from Spring Hill, Tennessee. Ford. Mick B. from Minnesota. Jagger. Nowhere, Doug Tabor. Man. Stephen A. Smith. Mary Kate. Ashley. Skyler. Walker. <laughs> Mr. D. Sticker. D's Nuts. Michael S. Myers. Cat V. from Minneapolis. Weber. More harpsichord in Portland. Harp! Terrence D. Tenacious. And our newest members, welcome Dave B. Wendy's. And Steve T. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> and Mark G. OG. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Those are our Star Club members for the month of July 2023. Thank you so much, TJ. That was remarkable. Yet again, two... Two months in a row. You know, maybe you've seen me with Dave Pesquese touring the country. <laughs> or sometimes the world. I do love TJ Miller and Dave Pompey. Hey, Pompey, how are you? Love you. <laughs> By the way, TJ, we have a one of our Star Club members is Michael S. I think that's Michael Stipe. 
so stand. I think he hate listens to us <laughs> and then kicks us five bucks. Like, you know, five bucks to Michael Stipe is like, you know, something he uses toilet paper to put in the. No, oh, let me say something different. <laughs> I think Michael Stipe blows his nose for five dollars uh, each time. <laughs> oh, really? Someone's sniffling over there. That's him in the corner. I think I thought I shut up. <laughs> Oh, as those sirens indicate, it's time for Star's Search. Where can I hear Beatles bootlegs? Star's Search! What does your husband think about bootlegging? Part of the people. Yes, yes, thank you. I think because we're not doing so much uh, Beatles talk today, I thought we would do a Star's Search. Star, of course, is our young listener who contributes uh, bootlegs that she discovers online. And, uh, yeah, today, let's talk about John's 31st birthday party in Syracuse, New York. So Yoko had an art exhibit and wanted to surprise John with a Beatles reunion. And she invited Ringo. She invited George. Unfortunately, Paul and him were still kind of on the outs. So it was going to be more of a I'm the greatest reunion. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, George couldn't make it. Anyway, showing up in Syracuse at a hotel, it's John, it's Yoko, it's Ringo, Klaus Vorman, Eric Clapton. Jim Keltner, Phil Spector's there. Uh oh, <laughs> a very vocal Phil Spector, I might add. <laughs> hey, you better hide your guns away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Goddamn it, out there. And, uh, Allen Ginsberg was there as well. Audio and film exist from this night. Uh, yeah, there's a real rough, very uh, cranky bootleg tape. Cranky. I'll use a Paul term, a very ropey little piece of tape. <laughs> ropey little piece of tape is so funny. <laughs> ropey little bit of cassette. Is Paul referring to acid? <laughs> right, rope. I put it under a microscope. <laughs> I love George in his microscope. <laughs> I put it on a microscope and I looked at it and it looked like rope. Patty bought him a chemistry set for his birthday. <laughs> Brim Fisher Price, my first chemistry set. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah songs they did a whole bunch of songs it's that sing-along vibe they put on a recorder somewhere in the corner of this uh, hotel room they do yellow submarine they do like a rolling stone my sweet lord crippled inside I guess they even do Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey as satire. Like I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to tell. The tape was too ropey. Because that, that's right around the time he's uh, calling Paul the c word. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Interesting. So. Wow. That's I I have never heard that before. I did not know that night existed. One of the cool things about Star Search is quite often there's a story attached that I've never heard before. So it's it's great. That's the great thing about being a Beatles fan is there's always so much to learn and there's always people who know more than you or other things than you. It's great about yeah. the Beatles community. Everyone 
it's not a, it, there's not a lot of show us your knowledge every second, folks. Let's just talk about this thing that we love so much. Man, I like that a lot. It's not that they know more. It's that they know other. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, yes, the history and the story is crucial, but it's not the history and the story that's the first thing that's tied to your heart. It might be why you love them intellectually, mm-hmm. uh, but... The first, the, uh, I didn't get into the Beatles because I was I, I needed to know who Mal Evans was and everything that he did and what their day-to-day <laughs> calendar was. I did it because I'd never heard anything like Lady Madonna or Day Tripper. I heard hands across the But also no judgment. Like the reason I got into the Beatles was because I want to know what Mal was doing April 14th, 1971. We now cut to B3Z nuts, <laughs> courtesy Mark Lewison's book. I don't know. He probably bought a pack of cigarettes and a box of milk. Lewison's got a book called a, a paperback that I have called Day by Day, not the uh-huh. NBC sitcom. <laughs> for, oh, for good. Wow. Good. <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus, right? I don't know. I just... I've... I want to say she played the neighbor on that. Okay. She also played the neighbor in Christmas Vacation. Oh! <laughs> I hope he falls and breaks his neck. Let's go. Well, thank you, Star, for another wonderful edition of Star's Search. Star Search! It wasn't just a wonderful edition because Star has made a return because we've been doing our things the last few weeks. Um, it was... A new edition. <laughs> Great place to drop Mr. Now Telephone I have to Man. Drop Mr. Telephone Man again. <laughs> oh, why wouldn't you? Do a different part of it. Please operator, see what you can do. I dialed the right number, but I still couldn't get through. All right, well, let's talk about our, our little topic today. Beatles song titles that aren't Beatles songs. You know, sometimes if you, let's say you're in the old days of record shopping or even in streaming now, you're you're looking for something different to listen to. You might stumble upon an album that you haven't heard and you'll see a song title that's like, oh, that's a Beatles song title. I wonder if it's a cover of the Beatles, which is like what happened with Red Rose Speedway with Hold Me Tight. Hold Me Tight. Right? I was like, oh, cool. It'll be like a 70s version of that song, which I quite like. And then, no, it's not. It's... Hug me, <laughs> hug me right. <laughs> God, yeah. So I decided this. I mean, it's a fun game. You you can play it at home too. Like type in a Beatles song into any any of those streaming platforms, and you can hear some other songs that uh, aren't covers of the Beatles songs. I remember when I bought this record. I think it came out yeah, 2006. I bought this record by Yola Tango called "I'm Not Afraid of You and I Will Beat Your Ass." Uh, great record. That's a basketball reference, by the way. I think it's like two basketball players were talking to each other All right. <laughs> on the on the bench. Tim Thomas of the New York Knicks told his teammate Stepan Marbury, quote, everyone in this organization is afraid of you, but I'm not, and I will beat your ass. On this record, Yola Tango, Hoboken's own Yola Tango, uh, they have a song called I Should Have Known Better. And yeah, 
I thought maybe it would be a cover of the Beatles song. They've they've covered Beatles songs before. They they always they cover lots of songs. In fact, they had a cover band called the Condo Fucks, <laughs> and they covered cool shit. Anyway, anyway, if I were in a band called the Condo Fucks, I would only cover songs by the Association. <laughs> where, yeah. Where and Wendy do they talk about <laughs> condominiums? <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, this song, I Should Have Known Better, is not a Beatles cover. It is a groovy motherfucking 21st century garage nugget. I love this song. Ira Kaplan on the Farfisa. That Farfisa organ is so high in the mix. Thank you for putting a Farfisa high in the mix. They always bury the Farfisa on records. Bring it up. Bring it up. (laughs) And then that cool minor chord that's in the progression, I think that's what got me right away, is that this progression, it starts off like, oh, okay, you think it's going somewhere, and then I think it's the third chord. It takes that minor turn that's like, oh, this is different. Yeah, I love the energy on it. It's a loud band with the hushed vocals. And I like the lyrical content. It it has to do with like them having terrible interactions with strangers, uh, road rage, fights on the subway, uh, things like that. Like petty, the petty shit that happens. I feel like every time I leave the house and I go to the supermarket, I'm always getting into like <laughs> territorial warfare with people, <laughs> like yeah. standing too close to me behind at the register and things like that. Things that drive me insane. So, I, I miss my parents, but all people should not be allowed to buy fruits or vegetables unaccompanied. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. I I often feel like Larry David anytime I leave the house. Yeah, I'm always, it's like I feel like me against the world. But anyway, I love this song. I might actually even prefer it to the original, but that's me. Depends on the mood I'm in. First off, step back. <laughs> right, remember what podcast this is. Remember, for, give me three steps. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa with the lettered skin reference. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're getting heated. <laughs> Next he's going to say, give me back my bullets. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I'm just a simple kind of man. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I shit on a case of Bud Light. <laughs> Mama told me. Yeah, I, I I thought it was great. Yola Tango is a band I have very little uh, reference points for, and this song is one of my favorites that you sent. Like I, they're a band I probably sh- like. I, I want to know better. I know very little, and this song blew me away. It's just like a fast rock song. The minor chord you talk about felt beatly to me. Yeah, definitely right. Yeah. Yeah, I will say a lot of the songs we selected, a, a few of them do have some Beatlesque moments in them too. They could almost be Beatlesque bangers, almost, almost, maybe. but not quite. <laughs> but not quite. <laughs> Depends on the song, I suppose. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for listening, TJ. I would I would say with regards to Yola Tango that they have a, a, a wide variety of sounds and styles. They they kind of genre hop. Uh, this is one of the moods that they can do, this kind of garage thing. It was great. And there's a couple songs that you and I share. And I have one with a similar title that's maybe more punk than garage rock in terms of like if you think about commercial punk, like Ramones punk, like Daft Punk punk. Uh-huh. Like that, like punk, like uh-huh. authentic punk. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, one of the hits of 87. <laughs> it's also called Should Have Known Better. There's no I. And it's by the literally great. I, I don't mean to mock. I want to get to this in a minute. Richard Marks, Chicagoan. He's Chicago. I guess I I missed I might I might have yeah. missed that. Okay, Sh- a Chicago guy. Um, I knew that he is a uh, a liberal advocate and mm-hmm. a Trump troll on, on yeah. Twitter. I he had a bunch that. of huge hits. And God bless you, Richard Marks. He can still sell out the Park West Theater. He's a huge Beatles fan. He toured with Ringo Starr. Oh, that's and in right. Fact, did this so Ringo was a side man for this? Could have been in the side man episode. <laughs> Ringo was a side man for this tune. And now on the Billboard Top Ten, January '88, possibly. Here's the number. How high did it go? The number. Wait a minute. It was. Why can't I read this note? I'm gonna keep it going. Yeah. The number three song of the week. Richard Marks <laughs> doing the Beatles one up with his. Should have known better. <laughs> Another sleepless night I can't explain. Somebody said they heard me call your name. The radio won't let you leave my mind. I know it's over, but I don't know why. Should have known better. I mean, this this takes me to a time and in, in, in place. I feel like this song could have been on the Rad soundtrack, the BMX movie Rad <laughs> with Crew Jones. Not, <laughs> not to be confused with R-A-D-D, Russians Against Drunk Driving. No, Recording Artists Against Drunk Driving, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, was that a real thing? That was a real thing. That's Yeah, that's where like uh, oh, you're right. Gene oh, Simmons my... is like, I don't want yeah. I don't want you putting my butt in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, because that's where Stevie Wonder recorded Don't Drive Drunk for them. You're yeah, right, you're yeah. right. It's upbeat. There's kind of the minor key thing going on. It's that very 80s. You can see the people doing the 80s dance to it, that kind of... <laughs> Cynthia white people dance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the 80s dance. The, the coked up eight, right. They're the doing insane almost fire and yeah, all that. Yeah, that kind of dancing. A, it's a podcast, breakfast but I'm club. dancing. Yeah, breakfast <laughs> <You are>. club. <laughs>
It's that kind of dancing. And I'll tell you what's uh, funny about this, too. Every image I could find of this, including the, the, including the Wikipedia entry, has the album cover with the compact disc <laughs> digital audio thing on it. That's like, in my notes, too. <laughs> every picture I could find. The artwork is, yeah. has the compact disc logo in the bottom right corner. <laughs> like, even what? streaming, it says compact disc on there. It's really More should do that. I mean, it's so great. Compact disc oh, digital audio, that. and I think it even says if you really, uh, screen, oh, it says it. um AAD. It's got the it's got the mastering it information on the on cover the, on the cover. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is so good, man. That is good. But he's, I mean, look at that. He's beautifully quaffed. That he's got a pop mullet there. It's it's not a rock mullet. It's a pop mullet. Well, what what's that song? Pop 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 mullet. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you about something. For some reason, there's a lot of Richard Mark songs I know. In fact, the following summer, 88, I've done some camp songs. I don't have a recording of this, but this was one I I learned to play just to impress girls in the summer of 88, which was... Remember this one? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jewish girls from the North Shore of Chicago really liked this song in 1988. Oh, so did... uh... So did suburban girls in the West Burbs, because I had a Casio SK-1, yeah, and with one finger, I played the melody line on the phone to my best friend, who I had a crush on, Stacy, because right. she liked that song, and it was her favorite song when it was on the radio and on MTV, uh, and I did the little ding, ding, ding with the piano. <laughs> yeah, you could do my version. <laughs> yeah, that was the version I did. Lucy goes, that's it! <laughs> Um, so, dude, we have funny. that in common. I, I love that. Yeah, that's so. That was a huge. So, but I'm just being honest. I'm sure I heard the song before, Tony. I didn't remember it. This is one that kind of felt no, familiar, but like I really did not know this tune. This is not one of those late '80s hits I know. No, I didn't know this one either. But uh, yeah, it got up to number three. I missed it. I was too busy. Uh, Throwing watermelons off my roof, trying to be David Letterman. <laughs> yeah, right. Watermelons like like Letterman and TVs out your window, like SCTV. That was a great era for damaging equipment and fruit. very wasteful, very wasteful time. The eighties were, <laughs> and and they've led to where we are right now. One thing I want to say in this, I would love Tony to find this on on vinyl with the compact disc logo in the lower right hand corner. It would make me very happy to get a Record vinyl. Store day, are you listening? <laughs> It's a total record store day thing. Come on, Friday music or Rhino or Rico, whatever. Someone's got to do. That's a great idea. Casey submitted something. Let's, let's, yeah, here. Casey submitted something in the way she moves, the James Taylor song. Which predated the Beatles something. It came on uh, Taylor's self-titled debut on Apple Records 1968. Big harpsichord intro. That one goes out to you, more harp in Portland. You got it. (laughs) Yeah, man. Famously, this was the lyrical inspiration, actually, for something. George's something. Something in the way she moves. He took the first five words. There's something in the way she moves. Or looks my way or calls my name. 
That seems to leave this troubled world behind And if I'm feeling down and blue A trouble by some foolish game She always seems to make me change my mind All right, I got a James Taylor quote here regarding that matter. I don't think he intentionally ripped anything off, James says, and all music is borrowed from other music. So completely, I let it pass. He also acknowledged that I Feel Fine was a lyrical inspiration for when he says I feel fine and something in the way she moves. So what goes around comes around, right? And I feel fine anytime she's around me now. She's around me now almost all the time. And if I'm well, you can tell she's been with me now. She's been with me now quite a long, long time. And I feel fine. I love James Taylor. I went through a big right around the same time as the Richard Marks era. For whatever reason, like seventh, eighth, ninth grade for me, Tony, was a lot of like James Taylor's greatest hits on cassette and Crosby, Stills and Nash so far on cassette. I think a lot of the record stores, remember they'd have like just like cheap tapes, like new tapes, just like almost piled one on top of each other. Not organized yeah. nicely, but like bins of like super saver tapes. Yes. A lot of those Warner Brothers, like Neil Young Harvest. Oh. Those were all like Good two records. for four ninety nine for a long time. So I really had a James Taylor phase concurrent to loving the Beatles. And when I learned that he started on Apple and the Peter Asher connection, who of course uh, uh, produced James Taylor. And in fact, Peter Asher took James Taylor when Apple folded to Warner brothers and the version of something that everybody knows and loves that's played on the radio. That's on James Taylor's greatest hits was re-recorded for the James Taylor greatest hits albums, as was Carolina in my mind hmm. because they couldn't get the licensing rights back from Apple. And while they were hits, they didn't become the standards that we know them as until they appeared in the James Taylor greatest hits album in the mid seventies with the white cover and the song titles on Warner brothers. So Carolina in my mind and something the way she moves the Apple version, are not the ones you hear on radio. I feel fine anytime she's around me now. She's around me now. Almost all the time. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. And Paul's playing bass on Carolina in my mind on the Apple version. He's not on the Warner Brothers version. Ah, right, right. Yeah, that's a very fab distinction. There you go. <laughs> And the Apple one has been back in print briefly. The James Taylor original Apple album came out when all the Apple stuff was remastered in the early 90s. Uh, the Ron Fermanic remasters, or Fermanic, I still can't say the name correctly because I'm a moron. And uh, then they came out again in like 2010 or 11, and uh, they're really good. They're, that, that first James Taylor album is very different. It's a little more folky, a little more harpsichordy, but it's a nice record. Well, thank you, KC, for that contribution, producer KC. Uh, what do you got, man? Let's stay in the Apple world. Mm. And just a couple of years later, with a, a bad finger song that when I got this record for the first time, and I got this in the early 90s, when I was trying to buy it. I still have the long box for this, by the way. It's a generic <laughs> like, Apple long box. You are a long box keeper. 
I tried to be because they were going away. And when I see things go away, like, you know, I try to kind of collect them so they can build dust and be a burden to my son one day. You know, all that kind of stuff. So this is one that I was positive was a Beatle cover. It's on probably my favorite Badfinger record, uh, No Dice. This album has Without You on it. It's a great, great yeah. record. Yeah. But they do a, a version of Love Me Do that's not a Beatles cover, and it's really stupid. <laughs> I was going to say, you must have been disappointed when this one came on, when you first heard this record, hoping for a cover, a, a rad, bad finger, like maybe rad a- Rad finger, as rad, one would say. <laughs> a rad finger update, like a nice rock and roll update to get it out of that late 50s sound, or maybe very squeaky early 60s sound. Bring it up to date. Scuff it up. Make it rock. Yes. Well, it does rock, but- Give it a power pop sheen, but yeah. it's, it doesn't go anywhere. It, yeah. Love Me Do being the first Beatles single has always been one of the most primitive of all Beatles songs. Uh, it's still better than this. Yeah, I I, pref- <laughs> I, I agree. I yeah. agree that I would take uh, the original Love Me Do over this. This, yeah. Uh, Bad Finger. I wrote down, it's a pubby butt rocker. <laughs> right. You know, it's, you're in the pub. George Thorogood B-side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got Thorogood vibes for sure. And I like George Thorogood. <laughs> Me to too, be, man. To be Me clear. too. Yeah, that that lead guitar is so busy through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mosquito. It's just like it's just like constantly soloing through the whole damn thing. <laughs> you know, this album was produced by uh, Jeff Emmerich and Mal Evans. Oh. And in 1970 <laughs> it gives you a feel like and it's it's a really 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 good album. It happens to be that one of the weakest tracks on this record. Yeah. is <laughs> a song called Love Me Do that's not as sophisticated. Why do you think they named it Love Me Do? Like, they know what they're doing. Like, the first song they recorded was Apple. Come Together. Yeah, okay, yeah. They should have just named all their songs Beatles songs then. You mean Come and Get It. But Damn it. <laughs> that's what I meant. I know it's what you meant. That's not a mistake. That's a misspeak. I've, that's I a do, misspeak. That's I a do mistake. it a lot on the show. <laughs> I know you're a fan. You've got a Sgt. Pepper's gift bag behind you. Oh, yeah. Good, good <laughs> I know you're a real fan. <laughs> Turns out, TJ, there's a lot of songs named Helter Skelter that aren't covers of the Beatles song. Uh, I picked one. I, this is the one I picked. Uh, it's a Japanese artist, and he goes by the name of Yo Kamiyama, and he does a song called Helter Skelter. And I love it. Did you like it? It's yeah. one of my favorites, yeah. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, it's carnival-esque, wouldn't you say? It's like electro-carnival-esque. He's got like a poppy... Yeah, I loved it. Oh, daddy. 
So yeah, full disclosure, I, I don't understand the lyrics. Doula shitai nara zenbu hanashite yo. That might mean if you want something, please tell me everything. Karamike watashi no sobade kimi no chika kimi no chikaku de inner you ni kono mama de. I'm offended. I don't speak the language, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, fuck me trying to say it, but uh, that line means with non-tangible things that glitter by my side. Let me stay like this, praying to be close to you. Hmm. So, why do birds suddenly appear? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, read me the first line one more time, just the first line, because I speak a little Japanese. What's the first line? Kira miku watashi no sabade. Oh, yes. That means loosely, why, yes, there is weed in Mr. McCartney's luggage. Seize him. Seize him. Seize him. Seize him. <laughs> so he got arrested by a robot? Is that what happened? <laughs> or someone Jack? just with a VR goggle? <laughs> <laughs> the Prince Brown's ver goggles, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 5,000 goggles For goggles VR. <laughs> Yeah, Roman numeral VR <laughs> My next one is not Japanese Hashtag oh. Japanese tears Hashtag Denny Lane And this is a song that up until I went to send you the video, I was positive was called Michelle. I thought this was called Michelle since the fall of 94. It's not. It's called Michelle. Michelle. But it's sung Michelle. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like Michelle, right? And this song played on a loop at the Strawberries Records on Boylston Street. The video of this played over... (laughs) There were like 10 videos that played over and over and over again. This and Adina Howard's Freak Like Me were in rotation. Boom, boom. At a time of day, it's all good for me. And this was one of them. So, but it's it's not called Michelle. So I hope it still counts. I was wondering, how in the fuck did you hear this song? I have no <laughs> idea what this song is. I had never heard, I'd never heard of Andrew Donalds. I'd never heard of this artist. I'd never heard this song. Uh, it's, yeah, I was, I thought, I thought maybe you heard it on a cruise ship or something. This sounds like cruise ship music. <laughs> it was, it was like, like Thanksgiving to Christmas 94 working at the Strawberries <laughs> Records. It was on a loop, I'm telling you. <laughs> Nothing new has happened, but I've been quoting this song in my dreams since roughly since '94. Uh, yeah, Michelle spelled Miss Hale to be uh, to be clear. It's like when you inhale wrong, you miss Hale. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
<laughs> Miss Hale's Navy, of course, grade 50s. <laughs> I got a, I got kicked out of Miss Hale's Navy because I mishailed on a bong and got caught. <laughs> they kicked me out, and now I work at Strawberries, and the manager's giving me shit about my Beatles <laughs> and cap. It's so true. true. <laughs> I, all the McCartney CDs in chronological order. Oh, wait, we don't have wings of the speed of sound in stock. Well, you got to order that. <laughs> got to get out that big phone book and order it. <laughs> ten copies of Wings of the Speed of... <laughs> well, they've added Sally G as a bonus track. <laughs> got in Des Moines, you couldn't find one of these. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what a wild pick, man. Yeah, well, thank you for enlightening me on Andrew Donald's Miss Hale. Later was great with the Atlanta Braves. And I will tell you <laughs> something. He um, This song, by the way, Tony, last word on this, it did hit number 38 on the Billboard Hot 100 wow. in February 95. Okay. So man. the record company must because the the songs they play in record stores are obviously they're not chosen by the record stores. Record companies send videos for them to play. It was all a promotional loop. So in late fall of '94, it makes sense that this was on there. It makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about songs called I Need You. Sure. Of which there are many. We're going to talk about three of them. There's plenty more. The Kinks version of I Need You. Let's talk about that one. I've always liked this song. I think it's great, man. It actually it precedes the Beatles version. This one came out May 21st, 1965. It was the B-side to Set Me Free. that same feel of like you really got me and all day yeah. all night it's like the deeper version this is the one this is your deep cut version of that song i'd never heard it before oh no yeah I, uh, yeah i went through a big kinks phase like in the early aughts late 90s okay yeah. set me freeze uh, like uh one of my favorite sides of theirs too but I, I never knew this was a b-side what a great tune yeah man yeah i used to put this on pre-show mixes when i was doing shows at annoyance and other theaters around chicago sketch comedy shows and stuff I would put this song. I thought it was a good, like, yeah, I thought it was a good uh, energy number to get the crowd in the mood to see some <laughs> subversive hit or miss comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's the annoyances tagline. No, what, I, I love the real tagline. The only funny comedy in Chicago or something to that, is that effect. What it is? It's for Mickey. And, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, I dig this song a lot and it's great. Uh, yeah, like if I'm in the mood to rock out, like I would even, I would even say I might prefer it to George's lovely, lovely ode to Patty, but yeah, uh, it, it's hard to look at it that way though. I mean, yeah. you know, cause I mean, overall we've not been doing like verdict, but I mean, are any of these, well, yeah, you like your, you like yeah. the Richard Mark should have known better more than the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yell out tango, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what, though? But I mean, oh, yeah. And I might be here's here, here, here. I might be slightly informed by the American Idol episode when they did Beetle Night. And this would have been a long time ago, but they did Beetle Night and someone 
chose I Should Have Known Better as one of their songs, and they were like, bad oh, choice yeah. of song. track sounded terrible it sounded very amateurish the whole thing um but you are in the same boat along with a lot of other people tonight which were you chose really mediocre songs and didn't show the best of your ability so it is what it is it wasn't a good song for a fucking competitive competition you know to show your mariah carey gymnastics or whatever you remember you remember the backstage story of that though right that was a last minute thing no i didn't hear this yeah that was a last minute thing she was gonna come out and introduce now and then <laughs> and was going to have paul and ringo back her up they were there <laughs> and apple panic called her stone sent armed security <laughs> and the last yeah. minute what's <laughs> easy i should know better give me something in g three four harmonica <laughs> See, I had heard that the AI machine was on the fritz that day. So like that's why they couldn't do now and then. <laughs> but it was they were putting up with Fritz. <laughs> it was an AI slash Slurpee machine. They, just, they couldn't the, the Slurpees were turning out great. The AI was not. Hey, and the 7-Eleven in the what is it, Skokie? Where is it on church? Fix your machines. <laughs> You try bringing a kid to 7-Eleven. This is not no Chicago. This is me. You try bringing a kid to 7-Eleven after camp and all, all his favorite flavors are gone. Then you got to buy him a Coke. That ain't right. So CBS2 investigator Pam Zachman is on the case. Well, Tony, <laughs> I also have one called Ooh. I Need You. <laughs> and, you know, the soft rock side of me, and I'm about to show you the soft rock side of me. I said oh. rock. This is by a band called America who made one of my favorite hits from 1982, You Can Do Magic. I love that song. Summer of 82, it's maybe their best after they'd had a downward career thing. But in the height of their career, maybe the song that helped launch them is a song called I Need You, released in 72. It's their second single. If It's got a very John Lennon-type piano intro. They're they're half British, by the way. I think oh, I guess a few I of them are that. British and a few of them are actually American. But yeah, man, so while George Martin didn't produce this, here's the trivia for this. Again, the version we know and love on Warner Brothers, when George Martin was producing them, he produced a different version of this. He remixed the studio version of this for America's Greatest Hits. We used to laugh, we used to cry, we used to bow our heads then, wonder why. I think that's the version I heard because it said uh, America, comma, George Martin on the credits for this yes. song. I quite liked it. I, you know what I really liked, man? You know, it had the whole domestic 70s vibe. It, it was like half bread, half Bee Gees. Like it sounded cool and palatable the thing that happens at the end after the two minute mark where they start doing the cut measure thing and then going right yeah right that to me is enough and it and i liked the melody going on whenever you cut a measure and do that thing again and then repeat it like to me like oh i like that so much like it it bears repeated listens 
for me. It will elicit that. I'll be like, I, I, and in fact, like I'm, I'm gonna listen to that song again. I need you. I like that one. Yeah. It's really nice early 70s pop. And again, the George Martin remix doesn't sound terribly different, but it's got a different feel. And um, he actually pumped the bass up a little bit more in the Good. remix. Which Thank is you. In- yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's a nice tune by a band that has some Beatles affiliation because while it's not the Beatles I Need You, George Martin produced the remix of America's I Need You. And that's cool. Yeah, that is cool, man. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, this is one of my favorite early Who songs. I mean, I have a, so many of those. I'm a big Who head, full disclosure. But the Who's I Need You came out in 1966's A Quick One, their second album. I've loved this song since I actually first heard it as like a, a freshman in high school on a cassette, <laughs> which uh, preserved my dork status for <laughs> <laughs> everyone else is listening to other stuff. I'm like, I like this song. This is the Who's early period when they were a singles band and they were doing this pop art stuff. This is a Keith Moon composition, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's him singing on it. <laughs> oh, sh- okay. That makes sense. I was yeah. going to say to you, wait, who is that? That doesn't Keith. sound like Roger. We're dancing. So on a quick one, their second album, everyone in the band wrote at least one song. Uh, and Keith had two on this one, and this was the one that has vocals on it. You know, in the instrumental break, that's Keith and John, I think, uh, John Entwistle, doing impersonations of the Beatles, I think specifically John Lennon. Really? Yeah. I wonder, okay. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the wives, you know. Gorgeous and Jingo are coming down, lazy with the wives, you know. Excuse me, sir, will you move your car? Check it all down, sir. Yeah, I think this song has to do with Keith's paranoia at the time about his status within like the Beatles circles when they were all pubbing and clubbing, bag of nails, uh, a bunch of other clubs. But uh, yeah, man, I've always loved this song. It's quirky. It's it's fun. I think the best way to hear it is on these funny Polydor German mixes where they don't like over compress on the cymbals and the drums and stuff. Or, or pick up a, an 80s CD, the original MCA CDs before they did all the remixes in the 90s. That's a good mix of this song, too. My point is, I've always loved this song. It's quirky. It's fun. It inspired me as a young, self-taught drummer to to take it up another notch with drums and be a selfish show-off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you've become. Take it, Tony. <laughs> take it, Tony. <laughs> no, it's it, it's a great song. It's one I hadn't heard. It's I, I am not a Who head. I do really love the Who. Yeah, man. But I never heard this, and it's it's great.
let's move on. Yeah, you're next. You're next. Who's next? <laughs> See, I'll tie it all back together right there. All right. Um, <laughs> next for me, I'm going to do a, a favorite, a favorite of mine. And this is a track that is not called Every Little Thing. It's called ELT, but it's by Beetleheads <laughs> Wilco. And it's one of their more Beatle-y influenced songs. Sounds nothing like the Beatles' Every Little Thing, but it's got its own early mid-Beatle joy. And it sounds like this. This album, Summer Teeth, uh, came out in 99. Yeah. This is as I was really being to get into them. I missed AM and being there. I, I just missed those albums. But this is one people were listening to at Second City when I was in the touring company. Oh, and I okay. remember checking yeah. them out. Like, oh, they're Chicago. And, you know, at, at the time, it's with um, uh, Jay Bennett. Yeah. Jay Bennett left, you know, of course, and that was kind of messy. And this is yeah. bad time. Like, the thing about this song is the lyrics are very depressing but the mood and the vibe of this are as poppy and joyful as a pop song can be. I think this is just a classic pop tune. And even though it's called the LT, they're singing every little thing. So I'm I have included it here. Every little thing, every little thing, every little thing is gonna set you apart. Yeah, I, I dig this one, man. I like this one a lot. This is a this is co-written. This is a Tweedy Bennett, like yeah. a Lennon McCartney. A lot of this th- album was. A lot of Summer Teeth was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the Moog sounds that are on there. Those kind of like uh, portamento on on the synth sounds. I like the slide guitar. I guess I like all the portamento stuff. I like all yeah. the. I think I really I dig that the minor chord that they throw into the. Into the chorus part, though, where they say the title, whatever that yeah, part it's like, is. It's like mine, it's diminished. It's got a cool darkness to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it is. You're right. It is a shame. It's a shame kind of what happened to Jay, you know. And I feel like they, they just put out a documentary about Jay to kind of maybe right some of the wrongs that happened during the other movie. What's that called? I Am Trying to Break trying Your to Heart. Trying to Break Your Heart, yeah. That kind of portrayed Jay as this like pro- problematic person in the band, in Jeff's band. Jeff was problematic too. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I think, I, but yeah. But as as a documentarian, as a storyteller, Jeff was the hero and Jay became the problem. Yeah. When I think it was maybe a little more complicated than that. Um, anyway, I think there's a new doc that is out more about Jay and you know, less about like Jay, the problem and Jay, the artist, you know? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's be good because there's so much great Wilco that, I mean, certainly since Nels came to the band, Wilco's had a different, more classic Rocky sound that I actually might love a little more as I mm. age into dad rock, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, we're all aging. So yeah. Yeah. As, as we do, everyone's aging, by the way, not yeah. just old people, everybody. Well, Buddy, I'm sitting here doing nothing but aging. <laughs> As I'm sitting here doing 
doing nothing but aging. Yeah, this is great. I think it's one of the great Wilco songs. Uh, my notes are the same as yours. That slide guitar, especially. That's got a Beatles influence. It doesn't sound Harrison-y, but it still sounds Harrison World inspired. Because this is kind of a country rock tune as well. As a lot of Wilco was. Yeah, with the slide guitar, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. To me, I heard real. I heard the pop, but I, I know what you're talking about. And when I say pop, I mean like Beatle pop, like indie pop, like... I, f- I think that I felt like they really got the most the most out of all the tracks on their mixing console. There's a lot yes. going on in this. Song. It's very '99. That is yeah, one. And yeah. Yeah, that is yeah. one thing. And this is probably their poppiest record. Certainly coming off the much slower and more experimental hinting to uh, two CD being there. Now, TJ, there's also a lot of songs out there called Tell Me Why. Don't even get me started. No, we're not talking about the Backstreet Boys. That that one doesn't even count. What are you doing, Casey? Right. Sorry, Casey, that doesn't count. It's I Want It That Way, parentheses, Tell Me Why. Thank you. And I'm not going to talk about the Taylor Swift song. I don't feel like it. Sorry, Swifties. I just don't feel like talking about Taylor Swift. I'm talking about Neil Young's Tell Me Why. Sailing hardships through broken harbors out on the waves in the night. Still a searcher must ride the dark horse racing along in his fright. Opening track on the 1970 After the Gold Rush album, which was a departure. Like he, his first couple solo records were more like rock. Uh, this is actually tapping more into that uh, CSNY vibe, acoustic. And this one, this song actually has Stephen Stills, I think, singing on it. He doesn't remember it, <laughs> yeah. or did it? He's too busy screaming at David Crosby in a hammock. <laughs> I'm not gonna cop out an inch to fear. And you've walked out two fucking days in a row, you fucking hypocrite. You piss me off. Yeah, man, I, I've, this is another one I've loved. I, I had a Neil Young phase in the early 2000s. In fact, I don't know if he listens, but my old friend uh, Mark Braffman, who was a producer at Sporting News Radio when I was doing uh, Sporting News, we became buddies. We saw Neil Young's Green Day tour together. Oh, wow. Um, uh, excuse me, Green Day. All <laughs> that Neil Young sings the hits of Green Day. <laughs> I was going to say, what? The world is turning I hope it don't turn away Yeah, well, I, I've never tried a Neil Young before. I hope you... Nope, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> when the damage done... I can do it a little bit. But yeah, man, uh, so I got into a Neil Young phase. We saw the Neil Young Greendale tour where he basically only did the Greendale album and then came back for like Rockin' in the Free World. We're like, oh, all new songs, Neil. Yeah, um, that's what he wanted to do. I got into this album uh, pretty hard uh, in the early 2000s. This is a great record across the board. And this Tell Me Why is such a beautiful pastoral, to your point, CSNY hinting opening. 
Yeah, and and this is uh, it's basically Crazy Horse is is also on the backing vocals. Ralph Molina, Danny Witten, Nils Nils Lofgren. Uh, he plays a guitar and piano on this one. Yeah, good song. I just wanted to give it a shout out. Uh, it's one of the many songs called "Tell Me Why" out there. I still don't know if I'd take it over "Shine Silently." Prentice's <laughs> 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 live version. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh well, yeah! Definitely the live, this seven-minute live oh, version. How cool! Nils doing a new song. Yeah. Wait, what? This is twenty years old. Hey Nils, you want to do one? Hey Nils, <laughs> what did you do song? Great Joe Walsh. You do a great Joe Walsh. Your Neil Young needs work. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. Tony, here's another massive hit that I somehow missed in fall of 85. The 80s hits that sound like Beatles song titles are ones I missed. Because this was a smash hit with Brian Adams and Tina Turner called It's Only Love. Yes. Yes. Thank you for enlightening me. I missed this one too, man. (laughs) It's a huge hit, apparently. You sent me a live clip of them playing it live in 85 in Birmingham, England. Oh my god, this was a this was fun. I, I like this a lot more than I thought I was gonna like it. Ron Adams. Okay, so this song reached number 15 in January of 1986. It's part of Brian Adams' like record-smashing um, album. What that? Reckless, of course. It came out in 84. But Brian Adams, like, the love that Bon Jovi gets deserves to be stripped from Bon Jovi and given to <laughs> Brian Adams. I mean, Brian Adams, why can't they have both? I kind of dig Jove. Jove. <laughs> Jove's kind of stupid. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, they're all stupid. <laughs> yeah, but somewhere is 69 over living in a prayer. Hard disagree. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck, fuck summer of 69. I hate that song. I got my first real six string. Take, I'm going to take that six string. I'm throwing it out of the fucking window. <laughs> but who cares? He got it at a five and dime. It did not cost much. No, Live It on a Prayer is amazing. It has a cut measure into a key change. That That is Dude. chef's kiss. I mean, okay, but here's the thing. Retrospectively, Brian Adams, has he's done some of his songs with Springsteen. What I'm saying is don't, Brian Adams should not be, I'm not actively listening to Brian Adams a lot, but we need to remember Brian Adams. That's right. He sadly died. What? You're breaking. (laughs) I know, Tony. Baby, it's hard to believe he's in heaven. (laughs) I love it. That's another one. But I know this one. 
I know all those songs. I'd never heard this one until we did the research, or I just forgotten about it. But yeah, it's it's kind of a banger. It's also on Tina Turner albums and Brian Adams albums. That's huge. Go. Brian Adams was twenty five years old or twenty four years old when he's singing with Tina Turner. That's pretty wow. badass. I will say, if you can seek out the video, It's Only Love, live in 85, it is fun to watch. They are singing. The sexual tension between them is... It's 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 theater, but it's good, fun, silly theater. It's just very playful, the sexual tension. They are singing like inches from each other's lips. And then they take that break. There's that break in the song, and they give each other this look. This It's very moonlighting. It's very will they, won't they. Yeah, that's well put. Uh, what I thought, there is so much sexual tension between them. It felt to me in Beatle terms. Most like watching Peter Frampton and uh, Steven Tyler fight <laughs> in, in, in like lace pants. <laughs> Agreed. Exactly. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's like Sergeant Pepper the movie, but in the eighties, <laughs> as it should have been. God, who would the who would the finale cast of eighties Sergeant Pepper have been? Oh, it would be whoever was on that. <laughs> Don't they know it's Christmas? That's what that is Danza <laughs> Willie Nelson <laughs> yeah guy from the young ones <laughs> Nigel Planer <laughs> we don't care about the young ones all right there you now, go hold on though hold on yeah. did you check out the keyboard player Tina Turner's keyboard player is that Conan the Barbarian on keys <laughs> did you see that guy he's no shirt he's buff and he's just long hair <laughs> say he, he died mid-show <laughs> His chest erupted. I did see it. Like, on keys, He Man. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I have the money. Holy shit, Tina Turner. I get it, man. Uh, I get it. Good for you. Yeah. Have a beefcake, beefcake calendar on keys. Yeah, good to have strong strong men around in case Ike comes by. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Very true. Very smart. Very smart. Your keyboard player is your bouncer. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing, though, like when Brian Adams leaves, you're like, Brian Adams. And he leaves. He's playing guitar on the way out. And then she turns to the crowd and calls him an asshole. What's that about? <laughs> what? Did I not watch up to that? I think she says that's all. But it's, <laughs> she, <laughs> if you hear it, it's, it sounds like uh, asshole. <laughs> oh, thinking about when Tina called me an asshole. <laughs> Throw that guitar yeah, out the man. window. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Uh, all right. My last pick is um, this is a new band. This is a, a newer song. I was looking for other songs called Julia. That's not a cover of the Beatles, Julia. And there's this Canadian band. It's a couple of sisters from Vancouver, B.C., Vox Rea, uh, formerly known as the Catherines. It's a single that came out last year, their song, Julia. Julia, 
upbeat kind of guitar, indie pop, dreamy, kind of queer vibes. It's cool. You can tell they're totally not worried about healthcare. You know, they're very (laughs) (laughs) pooping on the street. (laughs) They're very content in their Canadian lives. Uh, But I quite like this song. I quite like this song. Yeah, this was great. I, I've never heard of this band. I've heard of these people, but it's also a little disorienting to hear a song called Julia that that isn't wistful and sad and lovely. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, if I'm comparing, I still I still prefer my original Julia uh, by the Beatles, because that's a top 10 for me. That's a top 10 Beatles song for me. We differ on a couple things, like Summer 69 versus Living on a Prayer. I'm going to take Japanese Helter Skeletal. <laughs> Helter Skeletal. <laughs> over John's uh, Julia, I'd ra- I'd rather hear <laughs> rather hear side two close with a little uh, carnival. You always order off the off the menu. You always have the secret menu. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Dude, have you ever gotten a chick ducking at McDonald's? <laughs> no, stop asking me. Why would I ever order anything called that? <laughs> yeah, all that stupid stuff. secret hack at your favorite fast food. <laughs> <laughs> Potbellies has a triple roast beef mac and cheeser with jardinier and chili. Great. I'm sure it's wonderful. I don't want to die today. Yeah. If you go to Hardee's and ask for the secret truck, a truck, a pickup truck runs you over and its tires are made out of roast beef. You'll love it. Secret menu. Secret menu. Well, Tony, I'm almost inspired uh, to do one and pull an audible mm. and give you the theme to the television show Julia, which starred Diane Carroll. It was notable for being the first sitcom to feature a black actress in a lead role. It's called Julia. It was on from 68 to I think 71. It was on Channel 66 in reruns in Chicago. Really? In like 86, 87 when they were showing Square Pegs and Bosom Buddies and all that stuff. WGBO, right? Yeah. Wow. Oh, Tony No was on Channel 60. Julia reruns were on Channel 60, yeah, before it moved to 50. Right, right, Channel 60. Right, I remember. WPWR. Wow. Man, I totally missed that. Those were good channels. I miss. Well, <laughs> I kind of miss that. Well, they happen now, but they're called Antenna TV, and it's weekdays oh, yeah. from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Frasier. That's next on it. Yeah, <laughs> that ain't right. Show me a give me a break and an Alice <laughs> and a one day at a time and a Jefferson's. Throw me in a fucking Morgan Mindy at 4:30 and a Brady Bunch at five, and just give me each of the shows. So CBS2 investigator Pam Zachman is on the case. So I'm not even gonna get into my real one, which was going to be the Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling (laughs) because it's not i've got a feeling and it is one of the worst there's a lot of new pop i do like i'm no swifty but i do like a lot of taylor swift there's new stuff i do like tony this song from what 09 or something is terrible and it's just an excuse to be played at bar mitzvahs because they scream mazel tov and then a computerized voice goes lahayim it's really terrible <laughs> this song is written to make money from old jewish men <laughs> so can and wow i did from I no idea. and for <laughs> i can say it because i am one <laughs> only i don't see it done this this song bucket peas in general are pretty atrocious fill up my cup You know what, man? Believe it or not, I caught 
Black Eyed Peas, some of their live set in 1999 at the Bumbershoot Festival in Seattle. It was, they were playing the Key Arena. The only reason I went and saw it is because the next act was Pavement. And Ooh. my scheme was to to just stick around while all the Black Eyed Peas people left and get into the front row for Pavement. Uh, this, You know, everyone's standing. You know what I mean? So this is jockey for your position kind of a situation. Anyway, their set ends and then everyone's like, everyone leave. Everyone must leave. So me and my girlfriend at the time, uh, Joanna, we decide we're going to hide. We went into a men's bathroom and like hid in the men's bathroom and we're going to just like sneak in. Did it work? Uh, No. I mean, yes and no. Like we didn't get caught. But um, by the time we got out of the bathroom and into the arena, like they'd already let people in and we were, like, <laughs> we were still like way in the back. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> now we smell like a concert toilet. <laughs> yeah. But we were, we were hiding and we went to a stall, closed the door and she was like, we were just, like standing on the toilets and we're stuff. Finishing so that our a feet, beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was stupid. It was so ridiculous. It was my idea. My idea. <laughs> Well, Tony, I've got 15 more songs, but we've been, we've been together all summer. Now it's September. Happy Labor Day. Yeah, I'm going to open my window back up. Um, one thing I didn't mention uh, in the last episode is, you know, I saw, I don't know if I told you this, Tony, I mm. saw Casey in Las Vegas and we saw Beatles Love together. We haven't announced on an episode yet. That's right, man. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we're going to make that into a little mini episode. I have yet to hear the the raw audio from that, so I, I can't wait to hear that raw audio and start chiming in. We we allowed space in our raw audio for you to chime in. <laughs> Did you have a good time? Yes, no. we had a we we had a ball, and we had fun in the gift shop, and <laughs> the gift shop at the uh, MG no no longer MG Mirage, the Hard Rock Mirage sells copies of Beatles VI on CD, and it's so <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> uh, Beatles 6, also known as Beatles 6. Thank you. Yes, I'm sorry, for the non-fans, Beatles 6. For the diehard Beatles VI. <laughs> <laughs> well, TJ, I look forward to seeing you at the uh, Beatles Fest, uh, excuse me, the, the fest for, Festival for Beatles fans. <laughs> Why did they have to change the fucking title? I, I don't know, but it was <laughs> Beetlefest forever, and then the Olympic Committee got mad and threatened to sue Sharna. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it has something to do with the Olympics, I'm sure. How come Dell don't pay no royalties? Because he's not here, and he didn't treat women real good. <laughs> Allegedly. For uh, Casey Baker, our producer, thank you so much for listening. I'm Tony. And hey, uh, TJ here, my last show. It has been a ball. I want to take a minute to say goodbye to everybody. Um, Thank you. Are you going to a different Beatles podcast? What's going on? Where are you going? Going solo, man. I'm Stephen A. You're Skip Bayless. I'll be successful. (laughs) You're working at Payless. That's a shoe store, and it's a fine job because in this economy, any job's a good job, bitch. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 
<laughs> uh, dude, you know at some point in the next 20 years, Capital's going to issue Beatles VR with the Beatles VI cover. Uh, and you get a chance to be part of the Yes It Is harmonies. If you were red tonight, remember what I said tonight. For red is the color that my baby wore, and what's more is true, yes it is.